So here's a question for you. Would you take a cut in your future earnings to be able to have work that was meaningful today? So it turns out that most of us would take up to a quarter of a percent hit in what we earn so that we could have meaningful work. And given we spend like a third of our time at work, not enjoying it feels crazy, right? But it's a place that a lot of us find ourselves in. So that raises the question of like, why on earth do we stay in jobs that we don't even like? In fact, some of us actually might actively hate it. So welcome to episode two of Unsaid at Work with me, Catherine Stagmacy, as your host and Mojo Wingwoman. And we're going to get into that answer of some of the reasons why we stay in jobs that we don't even like or enjoy. And it's complicated, but I want to share with you nine reasons that I hear that people tell me as to why they stay put. And this isn't about making anyone wrong for having any reason, but sometimes the reasons we tell ourselves, (laughs) they're, they're kind of stories and they're old stories. And if you unwrap them or kind of look what's beneath that, they really don't stand up to scrutiny. This isn't about making anyone wrong for having any of these reasons. Just sometimes these reasons that we tell ourselves aren't actually true. They're just stories that we've told ourselves, like safety blankets to keep us safe. So my hope for you is that by the end of the episode, you'll have identified if you're using any of these reasons as a safety blanket and maybe have some more insight to know how to explore this a little further and unpack it for yourself. And I'll share with you some steps you can take if this is you, if you are finding yourself with these safety blankets and a free guide that I've created. So more on that in a bit. Before we're going to get into those reasons, let's just talk about the reality that we find ourselves in. You know, at the time that's recording, it's October 2022, and the cost of living crisis and interest rate rises are pretty much headline news all the time in the UK. We have problems elsewhere around the world around cost of living crisis. So you know, once again, the world is looking like an uncertain place. I just want to acknowledge that the idea of moving for some people at this time may not be an option, may not be on the cards for you. And yeah, you know, you know you best, right? So you do you. So with that kind of little health warning, I want to let's let's dive in. Let's dive into the first reason. And these are in no particular order, but the first reason that I hear is you tell yourself that wanting more is selfish. I've heard this before. It's selfish and indulgent to dream that you could have anything better than what you have. Because actually what you have is pretty great by other people's standards. Yeah, you have reasonable pay and decent environment, but it's just not working for you. So wanting else, something else is feels indulgent. And my offer that is that you reframe this idea of selfishness. So wanting more meaning and fulfillment for yourself doesn't take away what you have, doesn't negate what you have. And you can also want more while still being grateful for what you have. Uh, this isn't a anywhere out in a binary situation. And what you want more of doesn't come at the expense of others. So then why not? Most of us are just not used to prioritizing our needs. We're actually, many of us not even used to understanding what our needs are. We spend a lot of our time putting other people's needs ahead of ourselves. So what if you were to put yourself first? What if you were to put the oxygen mask on yourself, like the airline safety announcement say? What would that give you? And how could you then show up for others and, and kind of have the impact that you want to have in the world? So reason number two, it's a tough job market and now is not the time to move. So yes, there are some very real contextual challenges at the moment. I have clients who are finding jobs within a few weeks, depending on the sectors that they're in. So a little fun fact, wind turbine technicians are the hot ticket at the moment. Did you know that? 61% increase in the hiring of people with these skills. So, okay, jokes aside, wind turbines may not be in your future. But the point is, whatever cycle of the economy there are companies who are always doing well. So take the pandemic, tech companies like Zoom and Netflix did really well and they hired aggressively. At the same time, 
the world of consulting did really well. So even in tough times, there are going to be sectors you are hiring. And and just more broadly, some sort of longer themes across the it's an economic side that are extra hot and inverted commas, things like sales, sales roles, digital marketing, content creation, diversity leads. These are roles that have been growing for, for some time, um, and you can add into that sustainability. So here's my question for you. When was the last time you actually checked what was out there in your area? Or maybe more fun question, when was the last time you checked what was in the area you were interested in, which may not be the area that you're actually in? You might be surprised. So reason number three to stay in the job that you say you hate is that you are not ready to throw in the towel of your career. You've invested a lot in where you are. You've got a lot of experience and education and building skills to to get to where you are. And the idea of, if the option is a career pivot, the idea of starting all over again at the bottom of the ladder in some other industry just feels a little too much to swallow. Like I get, I get that. But buried in that assumption and that thinking is that you have to throw it all in. There are ways you can make small changes, like this idea of adjacent moves, change the sector, but do some same kind of work that you do now in the sector and then change the nature of the work. So there are imaginative ways of leveraging what you've invested in and what you are the experience and education skills that you're standing on, and you don't have to throw it all in and start all over again at the bottom. There are options, this idea of adjacent moves. I've got a free guide that I created just to kind of cover this sort of conversation. And it's really about helping people think a little more broadly about what the options are to get out of whatever type of rut that they find themselves in. So I'm going to include the link in the show notes. Every time I work through this freebie with a client of mine, it's it usually brings some quite big shift in the mindset about how they're approaching what might be next for them. So check out the show notes. Reason number four, reason number four to stay in, this, in the job that you say that you hate. Your boss keeps giving you raises and bonuses. Oh, I know this one. Those awful golden handcuffs. <laughs> if you're a talented employee and a valued employee, you, you'll, you're going to get the financial rewards. Uh, and that's the good news, you know. But it's going to feel a little out of alignment for you. I mean, that's probably why you're still listening at this point to this episode. Those rewards are feeling out of alignment with how you actually feel about the job and the way the job brings reward for you, like intrinsic motivation. Who doesn't love a good monetary you know, reward, a bonus, a raise? But once you've achieved some level of financial stability, and depending on the research, you're looking at sort of $60,000, $70,000 a year. Money is not a big motivating factor. Know that there are other places where you may get similar salary and you may get the same sort of rewards. And usually when I work with clients and they make the move, even if that's not the case, the trade-off of having whatever it is they were missing, maybe it's meaning, maybe it's more freedom, maybe it's more ability to be creative in that new job is worth the trade-off, the slight trade-off in salary. But yeah, don't let money become the golden handcuffs on you finding your meaning. It's just, it's just really not worth it. The reason number five is that you think you've got to have figured it all out before you make the move, right? This is the idea of like, I can't put a foot forward until I know where the foot's landing. So you know, you're waiting for the right idea, the right job, the right time. But really, <laughs> what does the right job or idea ever look like? You know, you're waiting to discover your passions. They're not going to be hiding around the next corner, I can promise you that. We are so used to having our lives mapped out for us from small children right the way through university that when we have this sort of confidence crisis about where we want to go with our career a little later in our lives, we're completely ill-equipped to start again on our own path. 
this is not the school sports team where you're waiting to get picked. Like, stop waiting. This is your life. You get to make the move. You don't have to have the next 10 steps mapped up before you make the first one. Because you make the first one, the next step then becomes clearer. So reason number six, you have no idea what that next step could be. But it's a sort of variation of the previous one, that you have to know what your big why is. What motivates me? What's a compelling North Star? If you've seen Simon Sinek's TED Talk on why, then you'll understand what I, where I'm talking about here. You may not find your one thing. That's a harsh reality. But still find fulfillment in what you do. And not taking action because you don't understand your why, what motivates you, is just a rubbish excuse. There are books, there are courses, there are coaches there to help you with this. Like watch Simon Sinek's TED Talk on this. If that is the reason you're telling yourself why you can't make the next step, then do the work to find out what that is. And I would also say to you that maybe that isn't that isn't necessary. It's not a. It's, you don't have to know, you know what drives you to, to take the next step. So reason number seven, you tell yourself you don't have the right skills. You've been told your whole life that you need you know, there's a skill set for the right job. So a few points to make here. The, the good chances that you are have a bit of a blind spot of just how many skills that you have, how deep your skills bag is. So so do a skills audit. Like ask five people that you trust what skills and superpowers that, that they see in you. And you will be surprised. Every time I ask my clients to do this exercise, they are both surprised and it gives them a incredible amount of confidence to do whatever it is they're trying to do. If there is a technical skill gap that you feel you don't have, a friend of mine is wanting to get into sustainability that is not her background at all. She knows very little about it. So she's done, you know, over the summer, done two courses in sustainability online. Be clear about what the skills are that you need to have, that to build on the skills that you already have to make that move. So reason eight, you worry about the financial cost of change in any job. And so you stay put. The chances are it's been a while since you've reviewed the family finances. And so you're telling yourself that you can't take the hit in maybe a little drop in salary or the the insecurity of having to not have any income for a certain period of time. Here's my challenge for you. Like without having a very up-to-date review of the finances, without knowing what the minimum versus the nice to have versus the awesome income is, without any of this clarity, any change in work circumstances that doesn't match exactly what you have now is going to seem risky. So that's very limiting. So give yourself some space. Do the financial review. And that's going to give you a lot more options about what's possible in the short term and the long term. And the final reason, reason number nine, why you stay put in the job that you say you hate is that you tell yourself you don't have the right network. It's kind of linked to skills and and knowing the next step. Point is you can expand and diversify your network. Here's the thing you could do. You can make a list of 20 people you know, colleagues and bosses, past and present, and just have a short coffee meeting with them in person or online, depending on what's going on in your life, and ask them loads of questions, like ask them what's exciting or evolving in your industry and who they think you should be talking to, ask for introductions. People love talking about themselves. Get them talking about themselves and, and where they see, you know, what they see for you. And you'll be amazed at the goodwill in your network. If you have a sense of where you want to go, maybe sustainability is lighting you up or diversity and inclusion work is lighting you up, but that's not your, that's not your area. Ask for introductions into people that your network knows who are in those sectors. You'll be amazed at how much goodwill there is in your network, I promise you. So let's bring this to a close and give you some things that you can work on. You know, the upset of the pandemic, and it's certainly true for me, was it just, just laid bare what we've been tolerating. 
And if one of those things that you've been tolerating, you now realize is the job that doesn't light you up, this is the chance to put you back in charge of your career and create consciously what sort of meaningful next chapter that you want to have. So three things I suggest to do off the back of this podcast is one is make some time. I get a lot of like, oh, I don't have time to think this through. Like essentially you're saying to me, you don't have time to think through what matters about your own life. Like you don't matter enough to make time. Chances are you're doing like a cracking job, like an A plus job at the moment. So what if you what if you freed up some time by doing like a B minus job? Maybe don't tell your boss this, but take a personal sick day. Like just create some space. You leave at 5.30. Don't take on a new project. Create a chunk of hours over one month to do the all-important career wash-up and review and have those interviews with your network if that's what you're planning to do. Make the time. You do matter. And then do the review. Like be honest with yourself about what's working and what's not working. This is, it sounds easy to do, but it's kind of hard. It's hard to realize that it's hard for us to admit what's not working if we don't know how to fix it. But if you can't go down the path of fixing until you're really honest with yourself about what's not working, which of these nine stories are you telling yourselves that are true? Are they really true or are they just a story that you're telling yourself? And be kind. You know, if, if it's been a safety blanket for you, that's okay. In part of that review, like who's on your team is going to help you with this? With colleagues or ex-bosses or good friends, who do you think could be on your team? Who's got your back to help you talk this through and unpack this? And finally, just take one action. Think about the 1% change in the course of a ship. If they were mid-Atlantic, 1% change, they could end up on a different continent. I mean, that's the power of 1%. So like one little step, commit to doing that one thing. And after making the time and doing the review, what's that one thing you can try that might change the course of your ship, of your career? So finally, just a little shout out for my freebie guide. If you want more fresh ideas and use that as part of your review, that would be a great way of using that freebie. The link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'm a real advocate for being conscious and intentional about the choices you're making. If you choose to stay where you are, even if you're unhappy, that's cool. But be clear as to the reasons why you stay. If you choose to do something about it, hats off to you. It's, a, it's going to be a fun ride. So if you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And come back for next week for a discussion with my guest, who's someone who's made a move from being corporate to being freelance and setting up her own business. And she's absolutely flying. So it's an inspiring story, which is why she's on the podcast. Until then, this is your wing woman, Catherine Stagg-Macy at the Unsaid at Work podcast, signing off. Mm-hmm.